before you take any action, before you numb that out, before you have some caffeine, before you take a nap, before you scroll on social media, focus on what is going on for you. And if that focus is lost, your very top priority is to regain it. Small habits, big changes. Let's dive in. Welcome to today's episode. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're waiting for an invitation, you have it. Get off your ass and make a change. It's that simple. It really is that simple. If you're depressed, get up and move. Move your body. If you're unable to move your body, you're not depressed, you're paralyzed. And then you just need to call someone, either for pay or for favor, and have them come over and drag your ass out so you can move. Outside, 10 minutes, get moving. Every single day, add to it if you can. Get out, get some sunshine, get moving. If you're not depressed, but you just feel bad about yourself or beat yourself up, stop. Stop doing that. There are plenty of people in the world that can do it for you, You can learn to ignore them pretty easily, but it's tough to ignore yourself, but that's the task you are tasked with. Stop doing that. Catch yourself as soon as you start and start singing, start laughing, start dancing, change what you're doing. It doesn't take weeks or months or years to change a habit. It might take that long to build a new one, a few weeks of steady consistency to build a new habit, but to change a habit can happen in a second. Just break, interrupt that pattern in a second. That's it. If you're hungry and it's not time for you to have a meal, drink a glass of water. If you're thirsty and you are drinking water, that's a sign that something else is going on. If your knee's clicking, if your neck is sore, if your eyes are twitching, If your ear's ringing, if your wrist is clicking, these are bits of communication from your body telling you something, telling you to stop and listen. You're at cause, people. You are at choice, whether this is the life you live or you change it. It's really that simple. And if right now you've just made an excuse in your head like, yeah, for some people or because of this in my childhood, or I have kids, or I'm a single mom, or I'm a single dad, or I work XXX, whatever. Stop that and take responsibility. Be accountable for what's going on in your life because it is your life. It's created by you. Let me say that again. It is your life. This life is yours and it is created by you. So if you want it changed, the easiest way, the simplest way, the sensible way is to do it yourself. Change it if you don't like it. Do something different. If you don't like what you have been doing and what you have, try something new and document it. Don't just make up after two days that it doesn't work your conclusion Because then you just look for support and evidence to support that decision. 
document what's going on and commit to doing this changed activity for seven days, for 14 days, for 21 days, for 30 days. You could do almost anything for 30 days. You could stop sugar. You could limit the caffeine that you take in. You could stop eating red meat. You could, with some support, depending on how long you haven't been eating red meat, eat red meat. You could cut out processed foods. You could go to bed earlier, say 10 o'clock. If, you're, if, you're, if you've been a night owl, try 10 o'clock. If you're already going to bed at 10 o'clock, try 9. I will say that in my experience, going to bed earlier and being really fresh in the morning and getting up in those earlier hours, I'm not a 3 or a 4 a.m. kind of person. I, I like to get my quality sleep, and I believe that most of those people, unless they're going to bed at 7 or 8, they're cutting into some prime uh, deep and REM sleep that could be happening there in those early morning hours, but that's for them. I don't compare myself to others. And I would invite you to take that same stance. What works for Dwayne Johnson or, I don't know, Mark Wahlberg may not work for you. Take the dedication that they have. Take their focus, their commitment, their self-awareness to maintain that kind of schedule and choose something that works for you. It doesn't have to be that hour. To be honest, the extremeness doesn't come from the fact that they get up at three or four o'clock in the morning every single day. That's not where the extremeness comes in at all. That's where people focus because most people are sleeping at three or four o'clock in the morning. The extremeness comes in, the obsession comes in, in the unwavering commitment. You happen to be picking up and many people pick up on that it's three in the morning. What if it was two in the afternoon? Would it be as extreme? I think so. It just doesn't register that way for you right now. But suppose this was the case, that each and every day, no matter what you were doing, you always stopped your day at two o'clock. You went into the gym, you went home, you meditated, you did your spiritual practice, you went for a walk, whatever the case may be, at two o'clock, no matter what, every single day, 365 days a year. There were no meetings at that time. You didn't go to the bathroom and delay this activity. You don't go on trips. Even when you're out of town and you are on a trip, two o'clock in the time zone you're in, you always stop for three hours and do something else, two to five. You are committed to working out, to being physical, to uh, your meal prep, to making sure you're hydrated, to planning your day so that your night lines up to go to bed early. Imagine that. You stop your day every single day, seven days a week. Doesn't matter if you have kids, doesn't matter if you have a partner, doesn't matter if you have work, doesn't matter if you have family commitments, two to five, every single day, you are taking care of you. Would that seem extreme? I think to most people it would. The point is not in the hour of the day that you choose to self-care. It's that you do it each and every day. And because we're creatures of habit and we like routine to a certain extent, doing it at the same time every day. So where the 
extremeness comes in is that people do it unwavering. They do it, their commitment is unwavering. Every single day, no exceptions, rain or shine, Saturday or Tuesday, holiday or not, out of town or in town. That is the commitment to one's self-care. So if you look at someone else on social media or, or in an interview and you say, wow, it's so, that's way too early. Great. Think about what you're choosing to look at. Think about why you would choose to just pick apart that hour just because that's not going to happen for you. It could. But you're choosing not to. And you're like, I'm damn right. Yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to choose to sleep at 3 a.m. Great. But don't knock these other guys that choose to get up. They're giving something else up, whether it may be some quality sleep, maybe a time with their family. They're giving something up, but they're trying to fit this time to take care of themselves, to fulfill a commitment that they've made to themselves each and every day. They are going, doing that to the best of their ability to fit in to what they do with the rest of their schedule. You could do the same. It doesn't have to be 3 a.m. It could be 2 p.m. It could be 7 p.m. Blue lights off. No more phones. Dinner's done. Dishes are cleaned up. Computer screens off. Listen to a podcast. Listen to something. But no screens while you meal prep. While you work out, do some gentle stretching, meal prep, and write your goals. Maybe meditate. These are four things. Meal prep, writing down your goals, uh, meditating, stretching. Stretching is huge. 6 to 10 p.m. Just before you go to bed is the best time to stretch. Okay. There's a lot of science behind that. Won't get into it. If you want to know, shoot me a text. I'm happy to share the references with you. But you can Google just as well as the next person. You can watch other podcasts just as well as I can. So obtaining the information without a lot of scientific background is fine. If it sounds like rubbish to you, toss it out. If you're curious about it, go research it. You'll have more buy-in when you do it yourself anyway. But what I was going to say is feel free to text me. I will send you the reference. You can text the wellness community is completely free. The number is 206-483-2960. Again, 206-483-2960. You can text the word yes. Yes is one of the most powerful words in the English vocabulary energetically. So text the word yes and uh, sign up there and just shoot me a question. Shoot me a your inquiry, and I'm happy to reference anything I've said. I will give you ample uh, research that you can take a look at. Okay. And honestly, if you need a piece of research, this is not necessarily for those that are curious and want to research more because curiosity makes me who I am. Like I love learning. I love going down wormholes of human anatomy and physiology and and biohacking, neuroscience, metaphysics. I love that. If you don't love that, then just take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. If it sounds sensible, and even if it doesn't sound a little sensible, check it out. If you're doing what 95% of the masses are doing, you're probably uh, going in the wrong direction. 
So I have been in that 5% probably my entire adult life where I do things very unorthodox according to people around me. Oh, well, if you want, you want to join the sheep, they'll lead you to where they're going. See how that works out. Most people that I'm hearing from that are giving feedback, that are sending in inquiries that I've coached over the years, that's not a place of happiness. It leads to a lot of loneliness, a lot of camaraderie, if you will. You can look around and everybody's doing the same thing as you, chasing a certain income, buying a house to live in, you know, having a dog and a fence around your property, uh, having three cars, a sports car and a family car, SUV and, and a toy or a boat or an RV or whatever. The accumulation of material items is pretty absurd. Try living like a minimalist. And when you say, before you say, hell no, not me, think about how much resistance comes out of you with almost every statement I say. You probably would have turned me off by this point, but if you're still listening, if when I say something about getting up at 3 a.m., which I'm not a proponent of, I'm just saying, it's how it works for some people. If I say that and resistance comes up for you, or if I say two in the afternoon, stopping everything and spending three times, uh, excuse me, spending three hours focused on yourself, if that causes resistance, if I say about not following the masses, eating red meat, not eating red meat, stopping dairy, cutting out processed foods, stopping sugar, limiting your caffeine. If I say one of those things and you instantly have a, a resistance, listen to that. There's one thing you can control in life. Just one. One thing. That's it. Can't control what other people do around you. Sometimes you can't even control your body. Sometimes you can't control what your friends do, what your neighbors do, your family does. You don't have any influence there. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> They're going to do what they want to do and rightfully so. Because at the end of the day, they have to live with their decisions. And yes, we may be the ones that lose them prematurely. We don't get to spend as much time with them as we'd like because of their habits. But that's not for us to control. We have one thing that we can control in life, just one, and it is our focus. And when I say our, I mean proverbially. I can control my focus. That's it. What I put my attention on. And if I'm struggling to do that, if I'm struggling to focus on one thing, because there's going to be lots of you out there that say, I can't focus. That's my problem. Great. Then solve that problem before moving on. Let that become your number one priority. Just like if your knee's clicking, that's where your attention needs to go. That's what you need to focus on and resolve. If you're having trouble focusing in being aware of what's going on, and there's too many things going on in your head, something's out of balance. That doesn't mean you need medication. It doesn't mean you need to even go to the doctor. It means you need to sit down, maybe journal, maybe meditate, maybe be still. But there, beyond that, those, the, let me just back up. Those things, sitting down, meditating, 
stretching, being in your body, those things are just to prepare you to build your confidence, to build your competence, to build up the energy to resolve that. And that's probably going to take some research. So if you're having trouble focusing, given that I've just said that that's the one thing you do have control over, you do have control over resolving your lack of focus, and then you will be able to focus. So look into that. Look into it. There's a lot of research out there. You can text me and I'm happy to give you some references, but understand that you're building ideas in your head all day long building, building. You also need to deconstruct those. So they're not hanging out there. They're not competing with one another. It's, it's very similar to having tabs open on your computer. Okay. I have my laptop open. Let me check my eye gaze here for a minute and I'll do a count. I have 11 tabs open on my screen right now. That's a lot of this, a lot of for those of you who can't see the YouTube, sorry. Um, That's a lot of creating ideas. Now, if I want to deconstruct those and minimize the amount of ideas that I have in my head so I can focus on one or two, I will close those tabs, right? I happen to have to have one or two open right now just to do this, to be recording. However, throughout the day, I don't need 10 or 11 open. I can have one, preferably maybe two, but I need to close the other eight or nine or 10. I need to close those. So these are in balance. That's how we maintain a focus. If you're having trouble focusing, focus on one thing. And I suggest your breath. And when you can get focused on your breath, you spend five minutes, three minutes, even 30 seconds focused on your breath can feel like a long time if you don't do it regularly. Focus on your breath, 30 seconds, and then feel your focus. Yes, it might be fleeting. It might go away after 10 seconds, but build the muscle. You have no muscle in your focus right now. So you have all these tabs open and you are not closing them in time. And eventually what happens? Spinning wheel of death. You open up a tab and it just buffers, or you open up a video or try to get an email and it's buffering, that little spinning wheel of death. That's what happens to your brain too, okay? You get overwhelmed. Before you take any action, before you numb that out, before you have some caffeine, before you take a nap, before you scroll on social media, focus on what is going on for you. And if that focus is lost, your very top priority is to regain it because that is the one thing you can control. If it feels like it's out of control, which I'm suspecting a good percentage of you, at least 25, 50% are going to say that, yeah, I do feel not in control of my focus. One, think about why that might be. I can tell you it's because you haven't taken responsibility for it. If you're accountable to yourself, you responsible for your focus, you'll have more focus. Guaranteed. It's not someone else who's forcing you to to scroll through TikTok for eight hours and be lost in funny videos, is it? 
Is someone else forcing you to do that? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's you. You're choosing to do that. You're choosing to indulge in excess snacking. You're choosing to indulge in alcohol or recreation drugs. You're choosing to indulge in sugar. You're choosing to indulge in a nap or in an avoidance or in an escape. It's okay if you want to do those things, but take ownership of them. And taking ownership over them is to acknowledge and to accept all of the ramifications that come from that. If you want to nap because that's your escape place, great. Just know that you are throwing off your circadian rhythm. You are more than likely altering your hormones and creating a cycle that is much harder to break as it becomes more solidified. Yes, you can break it like that, just like I said. However, you're creating a habit. If you are choosing sugar to try and eat away your sorrows or eat away your lack of focus or to try and get focused, know that you are shortening your health span. You may live to be a hundred, but you will not be a happy hundred. If you are, you'll just be a high hundred to make yourself happy because your body will not be happy at a hundred if you are consuming loads of sugar. It just won't be. You may be able to summons up some happiness, but it won't be because you feel good in your body. That I know for sure because consuming large quantities of sugar there's a lot of research out on this as well. Let me know if you want to see some. More and more in our lifetime in the next 10, 20 years, there's going to be a plethora. You're going to be hammered with how many negative effects sugar has on your body. If sugar is your outlet, when you're not feeling good, when you're lacking focus, when you don't want to be accountable for your life and you want to escape and you're eating sweets, you will pay the price. You won't always get fat from sugar. You won't. I was thin for years and years and years, consuming copious amounts of sugar uh, uh, up until my adulthood, till I was 20. Ate sugar all the time, very processed uh, candy, not just like baked goods, but like literal like M&Ms, Reese's peanut butter cups. I, I've never been overweight. You may live to be a hundred, but you won't be a happy hundred. If you're choosing social media as your outlet, which many of us do, right? If you're scrolling through two hours, three hours, four hours, you know, and you look up and the six hours has evaporated while you were on YouTube or TikTok, even Instagram, it happens, right? Not by itself. Unless someone has you bound and gagged to a chair and the screen's stuck in front of you on rotation, these are choices that you are making. Nobody else is making you do these things. And maybe you don't think there's anything wrong with them, but let me tie in the correlation here before we wrap up. When you're feeling alone, like maybe you're not reaching your potential, uh, you have the same goals year after year and you're just falling short with them. If you don't like the way you look 
when you look in the mirror. And even more importantly, because I don't really care about looks. If you don't feel good in your body, if you don't spring up out of bed each and every day and you're not excited for life that day, I attest that there is a strong, undeniable correlation between those activities. When you're choosing that degree of escapism, and that's what those things are. Sugar is escapism. Caffeine is escapism. Social media can become escapism. Video games, sleeping, napping, maybe just overeating in general. These are ways to escape our current reality, to numb them out. I invite you to raise an eyebrow at yourself and take a look at the activities that you're choosing. Because you really only have one life and it is so awesome to live it fully and to feel great in your body. And I want that for you. I don't really care how I look, what people think of me, the habits that I have that other people are uh, constantly critical of. I don't care. They're not in my body. I feel great in my body. And even though I have a lot going on in my head. I have a very busy and full life. And I'm striving towards lots of things that that do relate to material success or spiritual success and, and chasing my potential. The first and foremost, most important thing to me is that I feel good. That I feel good in my body. When I go to bed at night, I feel great and ready to rest. And when I wake up in the morning, whether it's six o'clock, 6.30, I am ready to go. I feel great. I don't have headaches. I'm not thirsty. I don't have stomach aches. I don't have gas or bloating. If I'm eating the diet, which is, diet's a tricky word. If I'm eating the nutritious meals that I have planned out for myself, if I am moving every day, if I am staying hydrated, I'm sleeping well, my body feels great. I want that for you. And it is within your reach. Yes, I have been on this journey for almost three decades and I have worked to obtain the level of vitality that I have. Do things go on? Yes. Like right now I'm perimenopausal. So I'm constantly researching symptoms of that, manifestations of that, seeing how and when they will cease. And if there is uh, ramifications from that, I've, you know, I take a Dutch, I'm taking a Dutch test actually this week, um, which is timed with your cycle. I've taken a, a DNA test. And so I know my, my methylation issues um, and how I can supplement or replenish missing components so that my body can work efficiently. Uh, I just had my blood work done yesterday, actually. And honestly, there is so much that can be done that just helps to build awareness about yourself. Self-awareness, 
building confidence and confidence in who you are and how your body operates and understanding it because it is yours. It belongs to you and you can do it. You can do it. You, you can choose to focus or not. The focus is what you have. Like lean into that. You got this. It wasn't about going on a rant today, but it was a little bit of a wake-up call that the questions and some concerns that I get that people are sending me that I've talked with clients about, they, are, they, they can become very daunting because they, they become very centralized and, and because a person can focus on what's negative, what's wrong, what's not working, and that becomes their whole operating system. It doesn't have to be that way. You can close more tabs on your computer. You can choose to only open one or two at the same time. There's lots of options for you to develop and cultivate this stillness and this ability to focus. Whether it is stretching, meditation, mindful eating, movement, getting good sleep, quality sleep, whether it's all of the above, and it likely is, whether you need to get your DNA tested, which I'm a big, big fan of knowing those biomarkers. You know, we have like 22,000 genes in our body. You can take or have done assessments and tests to test your DNA, to test your hormone levels, to test your overall blood work, maybe your ferritin, your B12, uh, your T3, T4. You can test all these things. You can implement all of these things. You have so much at your disposal. That's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. What I want for you and each and every one listening is for you to feel just in this moment empowered to make a change, to control your focus to work on these things because this is the most gratifying and the most satisfying work. You'll always be working towards a goal. There'll always be something new. You're making progress each and every day and you will feel better as a result. That's the most important thing. You will feel better as a result. I send out blessings to you. Thank you so much for your time. If you know of anyone, you have a friend or family member, an enemy, funny to even say that word. Anybody you think would catch any gold from this episode, please share it. Leave a like, a comment, a subscribe. You could do any of those things. Much appreciation. But honestly, outside of any of those things, if you never share an episode, if you never comment, if you don't subscribe, if you don't do anything else, please consider this one change, this one alteration, this one moment of putting your attention on being still, focusing on your breath. I know you can do it. You get better each and every day. I look forward to hearing about your wins and what you may be challenged by. Feel free to text or leave a comment down below. Until next time, blessings. Blessings.